How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So today we're talking about two pitchers who could have an impact during the 2024 season, some low-key arms, one of them being prospect Will Warren, who, you know, we know is a very talented pitcher, has some really great stuff. He's getting ready to make that transition, either being in the bullpen or as a spot starter. Um, certainly a lot of upside there. We're going to talk about his kind of potential and what he offers this Yankee team. And then Luke Weaver, a player the Yankees brought in, um, played a little bit at the end of, the, of last season. Uh, one-year, $2 million deal. I believe he can get up to around $8 million in total incentives. But Weaver is kind of a journeyman. Spent time with St. Louis, Arizona. He spent time with Arizona and Kansas City um, in 2022. And then last year, jumped between three different teams, Cincinnati, Seattle, and the Yankees. Pitched only 13.1 innings for us, but had a 3.38 ERA. So we're going to discuss why suddenly he saw a major increase in strikeouts. His ERA dropped significantly. Wasn't giving up as many walks. His left-on-base percentage skyrocketed. What the hell happened to Luke Weaver? Like, why was he so good? We're going to talk about maybe what the, the Yankees introduced to help him get a little bit better and where he can offer value as a long-ending relief role, kind of replacing that Lucas Litkey role a little bit in terms of um, eating up those middle innings if we need him. Um, I think he can be a nice little piece there as a spot starter as well. But, Ryan, before we dive into the good stuff, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, and as you mentioned with Luke Weaver, Luke Weaver is an interesting candidate for a breakout, or I wouldn't say a breakout, but more so um, of taking a step forward in his major league career because he's a guy who already has uh, his fastballs kind of in, in tune. His 14 fastball shape is good enough. He has 16 inches of vertical rod on it. With the Yankees, it was about 16.7, so there was an uptick in his ability to generate uh, vertical movement. His changeup, he has a good feel for his changeup. It hasn't always been a consistent pitch, but getting a good feel for your changeup is extremely difficult. I mean, ask guys like Garrett Cole, Clark Schmidt, even guys like Nesta Cortez, Carl Jordan. I mean, you could argue that entire rotation, with the exception of Marcus Stroman, has trouble getting a feel of their off-speed pitches. And there are some really talented pitchers in that group. So it's a tough pitch to get a, a good feel for. He increased his cutter usage with the Yankees. That's kind of the big story here. Um, increased his vertical right on that pitch as well. Got more behind it. Um, but the thing he kind of lacks is a strong breaking ball. And I've got good news for you guys. Breaking balls are the easiest pitches to generate or to develop pitch shapes with. So if you're looking at a specific um, pitch designation or pitch group that is easy to improve, it's the breaking ball. And there are some examples of guys in the Yankee organization who have taken steps forward with their breaking ball. Last year, most notably, was Johnny Brito. If you remember the Johnny Brito sweeper that he ended towards the that he added towards the end of the season, it made him significantly better, and it made him a trade chip in the uh, deal for Juan Soto. I'm not saying Luke Weaver is going to get traded for a superstar caliber player, but what I am saying is that Luke Weaver can certainly put himself in position to perform next year um, with an improved breaking ball, and the Yankees would be the organization for that. Now, speaking of what that breaking ball could be, I think a sweeper just makes a lot of sense. It's uh, a, a large um, horizontal profile. You've already got the vertical profile, the changeup, and the four-seamer. You've already got a cutter that you can throw for strikes and get some some uh, break to the glove side, but not a crazy amount of break to the glove side. It's an easy pitch to command. You can throw it for strikes. Ultimately, I think that would make his profile really good, and I think it would be the, it's the last thing he kind of needs. It's a, it's a reliable, good um, and a, a with heavy sweeper, a pitch like that that you can get swings and misses with. And I think he'd be an excellent pitcher with it. Um, and, and honestly, like if you look at the Yankee organization, if you look at what they do well, it's sweepers. So not going to sit here and say Luke Weaver's going to have trouble developing that. Looking at some other guys, you know, there are some guys to minor league level that the Yankees could certainly uh, look at. You have uh, Will Warren, you have Clayton Beater. Uh, I know Yonji's Gomez and Luis Hill are also on the 40-man roster, but I'm going to doubt their ability to become starting pitchers just based on health. 
In Yoenji's Gomez's case, he has a consistent track record of getting hurt. In Luis Hill's case, he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. He will have the opportunity to stretch himself out in AAA, but he already doesn't have great command, and command is usually hurt by, uh, you know, a, a myriad of injuries because you don't get consistent reps on the mound. So, um, you know, looking at Clayton Beater and Will Warren, I think they can be solid spot stars for the team, but when it pertains to Luke Weaver... I think there's a reason the Yankees gave him guaranteed money. They didn't just give him a minor league deal. As they gave him guaranteed money, and as you as you alluded to, he can get incentives that gets it up to $8 million, and there's a club option for 2025 at $5 million. So, Alex, they clearly like this guy, and if Matt Blake and Sam Breen are telling me you should like this guy, I'm going to say I should like him as well. Those are two of the smartest people in the industry, and the Yankees have churned out pitching results that are excellent. So, don't sleep on Luke Weaver entering 2024. That's all I have to say on that front. Yeah, I mean, this is a definitely an interesting player. The Yankees are trying to get maximum value. Um, and here's, I, I remember I was looking at his numbers, and I'm pretty sure he introduced a cutter this past season that saw interesting uptick um, in usage kind of as the as the season progressed here. So you, know, you kind of look at this 2023 metrics, and, you know, I'm pretty, like, once he joined the Yankees, I think he was starting to dabble with that cutter a little bit earlier. So he threw the cutter by 8.1% in July. Um, that number jumped up to 26.3% in August, and then it jumped up to 31.6% in September when he was with the Yankees. So maybe there's something there with that cutter. Maybe that's kind of a pitch that he's looking to include in the mix, and it's been offering a little bit more, um, you know, success. He had a 217 batting average in September with it, um, and it was a 318 in, in uh, August, and then it jumped up or jumped down rather to 217. So definitely an interesting kind of pitch that he added to the mix. Got some uh, generated some good movement, 90 miles an hour. So you know, nothing nothing crazy in terms of velocity, but he's got a really broad array of pitches. You know, has the four seamer. Change up slider, curveball, cutter, sweeper. I wonder if the Yankees start to get his sweeper um, a little bit more involved. You know, it jumped up to about 6.3% usage. Um, actually, that was actually a decrease compared to August. But, you know, really, a lot of pitches to use here. None of them are like going to blow you away, but having a nice repertoire um, can keep batters on edge and keep them guessing. So that is certainly uh, something to keep an eye on. His changeup kind of reduced in usage as the season progressed. Cutter obviously jumped up. Four-seam fastball stayed a little bit, stayed mostly the same. And then his sweeper, uh, you know, dropped off in September. So the Yankees were trying to find a nice balance for him. I wonder what they're going to do with his pitches this upcoming season. I know his, like I said, velocity is nothing to write home about. Um, but, you know, right-handed pitcher, interesting guy. Like, this is someone that could have some value. The Yankees traditionally get a lot of value out of guys who basically nobody knows who they are. And Luke Weaver is kind of one of those journeymen that were like, yeah, like Matt Blake's going to make him a stud, isn't he? He's going to turn this guy into a very effective arm for us to be can on a couple of different uh, facets of this team. But looking at Will Warren, guys, this dude has all the potential in the world, right? 24 years old, really good stuff. You know, Ryan, what are you, what are you thinking about Will Warren's role? Your hot take recently was he might pitch over 120 innings um, and, and what, top three or top five in the, in the rookie of the year voting. That would be freaking awesome, right? Like, Will Warren, eventually there's going to be problems in the rotation. Someone's going to get hurt. And Will Warren's going to be the first opportunity. He's going to be the first guy that gets a chance. If he cements himself and he starts to build some confidence – the Yankees may stumble into a really nice piece that actually brings a lot of value in their first year um, in a guy like Warren who who really has nasty stuff. So break down his pitch repertoire for me and really what he's bringing to this Yankee club. Yeah, so I'm going to stand 10 toes down. I'm standing on business on this one, Alex. He's going to be a really good pitcher next year. And I'm very, or this year, excuse me, I'm very confident in saying that. Warren has a great sweeper that generates a lot of glove side sweep. It gets a lot of swings and misses. 
It's nasty. We're talking to 80 grade pitch here. I mean, according to Stuff Plus, it was graded at 161 Stuff Plus. I mean, Alex, that's downright gross. That is ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it was the best pitch um, in AAA last year. He's just ridiculously talented. In terms of the sinker, um, you know, great arm side run, good velocity, good arm slot, you know, good amount of drop. Everything's just really good on the sinker as well. That's probably a 65 grade pitch if we're going on the 2080 scale. His four-seam fastball got better. He released it from a lower slot. Um, he's able to generate a good enough amount of vertical ride on it. And it was a difference maker for him. He put up a 0.63 ERA in September. Had lefties absolutely pu puzzled. They couldn't understand why they couldn't hit him that month. Because they were crushing him all year. And then in that month, he just holds him to an OPS of, like, I think it was sub-400, if I'm not mistaken. He just handled business. And ultimately... You know, looking at the changeup, which again, that improves the good four-seam fastball because you think, you think about the vertical separation. Four-seamers and changeups work better against opposite-handed hitters. Sinkers and sliders look, work better against same-handed hitters. So having all four of those pitches and a good command of that arsenal means he's going to be able to handle lefties and righties. I know that people are going to look at the double-digit walk rate in AAA and say, well, a guy's command isn't good enough. First and foremost, I want to just say, command is something that can change year to year, number one. And number two, it's something that typically gets better with age. So I would take a guy with stuff over command any day of the week when it comes to prospect evaluation. But number two, the average walk rate in AAA was actually higher than his walk rate. People are not aware of the fact that the automatic ball strike system caused a lot of issues for AAA pitchers, including Will Warren. There was a huge adjustment period. The average ERA in the International League, where uh, the Scranton Rail Riders play, was 5.18. That's ridiculous. And that puts into context that 3.61 ERA Will Warren put up down there. Home runs were up. Walks were up. He plays in a ballpark that gives up a ton of home runs. He wasn't in a position where his counting numbers are going to look great. Um, and I think in a world where the Yankees weren't so aggressive in his promotion and in a world in which triple is a little more normal, Will Warren's probably on a top 100 list somewhere. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think he's that good. I think he's proven himself to have some of the best stuff in minor league baseball and stuff always prevails. Again, think of a good pitcher you guys know that doesn't have great stuff because I see so many people sometimes say, you know, 85 with command that gets you drafted. That's BS. You know what I mean? I don't know a single person I've spoken to. I don't know a single person that recruits that says, yeah, I'll take 72 with command when it comes to, you know, whether I want this guy on my D1 team or not. Or I'll take a guy with 89 in command over a guy throwing 99 miles an hour. Upside is so important. And I think people oftentimes tell themselves these myths about how important command is relative to stuff. Because end of the day, and I get it. Like, I understand it's not a great reality to kind of accept. But natural talent is super important. Alex, in any sport, it's the case, right? Like, if you look at a defensive edge like Miles Garrett, I'm sorry, I don't care how hard you work. You're just not going to be as athletic as Miles Garrett. Look at Aaron Judge. I don't really, like, I really don't care how hard you work. Aaron Judge is always going to be a better athlete than everybody else. He's 6'7 and moves like he's 6'3. He has incredible power. Like, there are just some people that are physically at an advantage to other people. That's life. You know what I mean? And Will Warren is, I don't know if he's physically at an advantage, but in terms of stuff, he is at an advantage. Whether it's, you know, naturally with his mechanics, he's able to, you know, release from slots that generate, you know, good angles for spin or whatever it may be. I don't know, but 
he's able to generate a lot of really good stuff plus numbers and that's always going to beat um you know again command like i i just i i generally think that command is less important than stuff when projecting for upside and then another guy i want to throw in here is chase hampton chase hampton is going to be really important to this team because i think he's going to get major league reps i don't know if it's going to be starts i don't know if it'll be out of the bullpen but he has four plus pitches the yankees added two more to his repertoire when they gave him the cutter and the sweeper the fastball and curveball have always been pitches he's had a great feel for Alex, I think what will define this Yankee team this year, and I'm not saying this to say that Juan Soto isn't important. Obviously, he's important. Aaron Judge, obviously, he's important. You know, the development of guys like Rizzo, Wells, obviously, that's important. But the overarching thing, theme of this team is how well can they translate their pitching talent in the organization into quality arms? Because I feel good about this offense. I know that people don't feel good about this offense, but you and I have kind of said this religiously. They're going to score a boatload of runs. They're going to score enough runs to win games. Is the pitching staff going to prevent enough runs to win games? That's really the question here. And Matt Blake, Sam Breen, Brian Cashman, the organization, they're put to the test right now. Everyone kind of forgot about that audit situation. They're looking at different, you know, they're looking at entirely different companies to see how they run data. If the Yankees fail, they fall, fall flat on their face you're going to see guys lose their jobs. Like Boone has is, is got a club option for next year. I'm not saying Boone is why they haven't won a World Series, but I would be shocked to see him go. The, the heat on Cashman only grows greater. The heat on other players on this team, like you're going to just want more roster turnover. If you notice the last few years, how the Yankees responded to not as good seasons. 2021, they jettisoned the roster. Voight, Urshela, Sanchez, gone, 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 right? You know, this year, They've, you know, brought in a lot of unpopular players. The Yankees are going to create a lot of roster turnover year in and year out if they keep having disappointing years. And I'm not saying this to threaten players with like, hey, you're not going to be here next year if you don't play well. But I'm just going to say the Yankees are going to be a lot more comfortable moving players who have been fan favorites or have been a part of this team for a while and bringing guys who are less popular or less liked if they keep losing, Alex. Things got to change. Like, I, I, I've been kind of calm all offseason, but... It's World Series or bust, right? Like, it really is. And the pitching depth is going to be tested this year. Guys are going to get hurt. That's why I made my Will Warren take. Because somebody in that starting five is going to either disappoint or get hurt or both. That's baseball. The depth is going to be tested, Alex. They need to step up this year. Yeah, and they do every year. And for what it's worth, I think last year was kind of the perfect storm. We've seen the Yankees get oft injured and then the depth ends up, you know, like you mentioned, like guys like Gio Urshela, Luke Voigt, like they came up and actually made a positive impact on this club and, and carried their weight as depth pieces that nobody thought they would actually be in prominent roles. Last year, they <clears throat> the same thing happened. They got injured, depth pieces stepped up. Unfortunately, they all freaking sucked. So that's, but that's the, that's the risky run. You know, when you, when you play that game, when you gamble that money, you end up having to sacrifice, um, and the Yankees ultimately always have to rely on depth pieces every single year. And it's not going to change this year, guys. Depth pieces are going to have to play a lot of innings. Trent Grisham, sign up, get ready, buddy. You're going to be playing a lot of innings this upcoming year. Um, you know, if DJ LeMahieu gets hurt or struggles at third base, who knows? Like, Peraza, get ready. You're going to be playing a lot of freaking innings this year, buddy. Like, you know, the starting rotation, Will Warren, Luke Weaver, get freaking ready, buddy. You're going to be playing a lot this, this upcoming season. This is what we should expect from the Yankees every single year. But this is not just a Yankee problem. This is a whole—every team has this. You know, every team has guys go down. They need to supplement injuries. If you're lucky enough to go into the postseason completely healthy, your chances of winning the World Series are astronomically higher than most. Um, so I do believe that 
Yankees are going to have issues. They always do, but so do other teams. It really just comes down to, did they do enough to support their depth this year? I think Peraza is a good depth piece. He can play good defense at the very least. Trent Grisham, two-time Gold Glove winner. We talked about it. I think that Ryan and I should do a, probably a, a little bit more of a deep dive into Trent Grisham because a lot of people hate Trent Grisham. But guys, like this dude mashes against left-handed pitching, and he's a very good defensive player. Like, don't forget about that. Like, there are two variables here that people are missing. Two-time Gold Glove winner, lots of experience in center field, and he's really good against left-handed pitching. If he can improve, he's 27. If he can get a little bit better against right-handed pitching, he could be a fine player for us. You know what I mean? He can be a like totally like even an average offensive depth piece is tremendous. Like how often do you find people start average players in the outfield offensively or below average? Having an average depth piece is a godsend. Do you think about how much value that brings? Um same thing with the like Peraza or you know whether it be Everson Pereira or Jason Dominguez when he comes back. It's it, you know we have so much young talent, some veterans, guys with experience. I think this team is a lot better than it was last year. I think most people would agree with that. If you don't, don't really know what to tell you. Adding Juan Soto should you know, be enough, uh, enough juice to kind of get to that conclusion. But I'll say this right now. I don't think the Yankees are, are done. I think that they do need more pieces, but they don't, they may not need them right now. They may be able to wait until the deadline, you know, wait until that, that, uh, summer deadline, because you're able to guarantee those guys are healthy, right? We talked about depth pieces. I'm going to step in for injured players. The one way to eliminate signing someone or acquiring someone now that, you know, may get hurt along the way is waiting until the deadline to see, oh man, like Shane Bieber's expiring. Um, they're not even in playoff contention and he's healthy. Shane Bieber's ours. Corbin, Corbin Burns, a lot less, a lot more affordable half a year in, into, you know, what's going to be him walking into free agency. Let's go get him. Let's win a world series of Corbin Burns is our number two or three. And like, that's, that's really how I would operate right now. Making pre, you know, you know, just pre, like pre moves. So that way you're trying to you know, quell any of those concerns now just for them to happen anyway in the future. Like that's, you know, it's a risk. It's a gamble. The The easiest gamble to make is waiting to see if those guys are healthy at the deadline. So like, that's kind of where, do I think that we are done? No. Do you think we're done this season? Absolutely not. But for now, I think we probably are done with most of the big moves. I think we're probably, maybe we'll see some some competition scattered in over the next month or so. But I don't think Blake Snell is realistic unless, unless his price tag comes way down or he takes a much shorter term deal with an out or a longer term with an out, maybe a club out um, after three seasons. I can see that being a, pro- a possibility. I don't think Montgomery's coming here. Hector Nara signed a one-year $9 million deal with incentives that could reach 23 mil. So obviously the Yankees are not going in that direction either. Um or haven't they can't possibly can't because he's with the Cubs now. So you know, a lot of the top options are off the off the board or just don't make much sense for us. But you know, I do like Luke Weaver, do like Will Warren to play pivotal roles in this team, whether it be via depth or having to be forced into starting roles. You know, we'll see. But I trust Matt Blake. He managed to get a lot more value than you know a lot of people think. Uh, you can get out of some of these these players that maybe are journeymen or just unknowns. Ian Hamilton, Clay Holmes are perfect examples of what you can do with guys who have elite pitcher two um and maybe a little bit more upside than that so always happy to hear your perspective down below in the youtube comment sections as always my friends make sure to like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys on the next fireside yankees episode